This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel where we get the lowdown on Liverpool's next opponents who this weekend, of course, are Tottenham Hotspur. If you go back a month, Spurs would have moved within two points of Liverpool and Manchester City at the top of the Premier League table with a win at Burnley. But that defeat at Turf Moor sparked a drastic drop in form which means they go into Sunday's massive match 16 points behind City and 15 behind the Reds who will go back top with victory. However, the game is viewed by many, including our own James Pearce, as Liverpool's toughest remaining test. But after a week in which the focus has been on their impressive new stadium, will Tottenham have their mind on the job? And are they now prioritising their Champions League quarter-final tie with Manchester City? To answer those questions, I picked up the phone to Alistair Gold, who reports on Spurs home and away in his role as Tottenham Hotspur correspondent for the Football.London website. We also talk more about the new stadium, what Tottenham need to do to keep pace with Liverpool and City, the importance of keeping Mauricio Pochettino and what should be an absolutely brilliant battle between Virgil van Dijk and Harry Kane. Thanks for joining me and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Alistair, thank you very much for joining me to talk about Liverpool versus Tottenham at Anfield on Sunday. Hi there, thanks for having me. No, pleasure, mate. But, you know, before we get on to the match itself, I imagine the, the focus at Spurs this week has been the test events at the new stadium. You know, we've all seen the pictures and the videos. You've actually been there. You've reported on a game there. What's it like? It's incredible. I've been fortunate enough to have been there twice in the last few days. Um, it is just... It's, it's worth the wait. It's probably the best way to say it. I mean, the word... Pretty much all the fans and the journalists kind of there are just using is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. It just... It's one of those where, I don't, I don't know how they've managed to do it, but they do seem to have somehow taken the essence of White Hart Lane and, and transported it into a bigger, like more state-of-the-art stadium. Often, you know, you get these massive... I mean, Spurs have been at Wembley, obviously, for the last 18 months or so. It is a big, cavernous bowl of a stadium. You just don't feel that with the new Spurs stadium. It's so tight. I think, I'm sure I saw a stat that I think it's five metres from the pitch, the nearest seats, and that's closer than any other stadium in the Premier League. And it is, it feels like that everything's right on top of the pitch. And there were only 30,000 was all they were allowed. It was just under, it was about 28, I think it was, thousand fans for the test event. But whenever they cheered, it sounded like the entire stadium was kind of rocking. It's like the acoustics. It's very clever. They use the guy that does U2 concerts. And apparently he's kind of helped in designing the acoustics of the stadium. It's so noisy. It's going to be one of those, hopefully, you know, the likes of Anfield, um, you know, you kind of, you know it as a place that has such a kind of a great noise to it. And hopefully this new Spurs stadium will be one of those places as well. You know, changing grounds is not something that us as journalists, supporters, experience in our lifetimes uh, for a lot of people. You know, was it quite an emotional experience at the, the first test event in midweek? You know, I think there was 30,000 there. You know, it must have must have really hit home after all this build-up. You're actually there now. I think so. I mean, on a personal level, I've been kind of walking around doing these stadium videos yeah. around the construction site for almost two years now. And to actually, uh, you know, other than banging on the windows, asking to be let in, they actually let me in. And it's it was incredible. It, it was that, that first moment. It kind of took me back as a... As a young Spurs fan, as a kid, my dad uh, would take me to White Hart Lane. You walked up the Concourse steps and see the pitch. And I kind of had one of those moments again as an adult, as a journalist. And uh, it is, it's amazing. And the fans, I mean, I think the club put out videos on the day of the test event of like, fans crying in the stands. Because I think a lot of fans were worried. There were so many fans that didn't want White Hart Lane to go. Mm-hmm. It's such a part of their lives. 
and you worry that you know they're going to have replaced it with this big kind of soulless uh, stadium but actually you walk inside and it just it does it feels like you're coming home yeah, that's a big thing, isn't it? Because we've seen Tottenham's rival Arsenal took a bit of a bit of time to them to acclimatise to the Emirates. I think it's only now that West Ham are really getting to grips with the London Stadium. It just feels like you know Tottenham will be ready to go come Wednesday night. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Pochettino's very much he's made a big thing about this um, that he wanted to get in there as soon as possible. But the stadium was going to give he called it this kind of special energy, and he said the same energy as the team had in I think they had well yeah it was an unbeaten season at White Hart Lane. And he said it would be a similar thing. I mean, he's had the players out training there today just to kind of familiarise themselves with it. But it does, it feels so much like um, like White Hart Lane inside, just bigger. And also the pitch is the same um, size requirements, uh, same dimensions as Wembley. So it's not like they're kind of going to be uh, in an unusual size, like suddenly a massive pitch or anything. They're very, very used to it. So hopefully, yes, they will kind of hit the ground running. There's the Legends match this Saturday, the second and final test event before the grand opening against Palace on Wednesday. But is there a bit of a danger then that what happens before and after the Liverpool game may you know, affect Tottenham's focus a bit? Because for such a big game, it doesn't feel like there's that much build-up you know, around your place for it. Uh, do you know what? I think it's maybe slight, slight, maybe pessimism. I think maybe the recent dip in kind of how Spurs have kind of played. They obviously had a upsets at Southampton, Burnley on the road and... And there's the kind of a feeling like Liverpool are, you know, maybe they're just going to do them over this time. Um, and perhaps the stadium has been maybe a, a, like a welcome kind yeah. of distraction almost. It's like, you know, remembering oh, how good things can be. And I, I think maybe people are just kind of, let's focus on one game at a time. You know, we've got a test event on Saturday with the Legends and we'll get to see the likes of Gaza and Klinsman, people like that coming back. And, and we'll, we'll think about Liverpool afterwards. But uh, yeah, no, definitely the focus has really shifted away from the match, which... Maybe it's a good thing. I mean, Pochettino's had a whole three weeks to plan for this with the fixture kind of weird schedule that Spurs have had. Maybe that is a good thing, not putting too much pressure on them. Interesting one. You know, you mentioned that Burnley defeat. I remember watching it at home on, on the TV and I think Spurs win that. They're right in a title race and then this game, you never know, might have been a bit of a, a battle for between two title contenders. You know, is the disappointment among supporters that they're not in the race anymore or was that kind of feeling that they were always punching above the weight a little bit? Um one of those isn't it you, the, probably the expectations weren't there but then the expectations kind of raise as the season goes on and and I think yeah that there is a disappointment I mean Burnley was just was such an odd performance it was just the, they'd kind of had a little rest I think that's what's happened this year when Spurs have played matches in quick succession they've played really well mm-hmm. they seem to kind of like thrive almost on the adrenaline of that but when they've had a bit of a break before a match which is why it maybe doesn't bode too well for this weekend <laughs> they've uh, yeah they kind of stuttered and stumbled and they haven't really had a very kind of uh, the performance have been disjointed and, and that's very much the case at Burnley and Southampton um, so yeah it, it's, it's a weird feeling among the fans it's like Pochettino will tell you and he's right with all the circumstances and everything Spurs probably shouldn't be where they are anyway in the league but I think everyone just got their hopes up that maybe, just maybe, they were going to try and take Liverpool and City all the way. And it's just unfortunately now it's it's almost a battle for fourth and third rather than what they maybe had dreams of. I know you did a really interesting piece on the, the Football at London website today about the investments that Daniel Levy's delivered. There's unreal stadium, but he's, he's got to deliver in terms of funding for Pochettino because is it fair to say that this squad needs a bit of investment if they're going to try and keep pace with Liverpool and City, you know, going in, going into these future seasons? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, how many clubs out there have, have not bought a single player in the last two transfer windows? I mean, I know Chelsea are probably going to have to do that, but 
you know, with it's it's ridiculous what kind of Pochettino has had to somehow do. I mean, obviously there's stability, there's there's certainly that, but in other terms, it just there's been no refresh. There's no. I mean, Liverpool are a great example. We kind of look at what they've done this season, just brought in some faces here and there that just just added that kind of extra, almost like a, an avenue for the squad. It, it's, it's all about the options, and that's maybe what Spurs have lacked at times this season when certain players have been out. Like, say, Ericsson. There's no real Ericsson replacement mm-hmm. to come in. Um, and Spurs just need that. It's just some kind of... Don't get me wrong, I think the stadium's going to give them a little injection, maybe, for the last few games. Because five of the last eight games are all at home. But in terms of kind of personnel, they just... I mean, Pochettino has admitted it himself. They just need... He said every every big team, every team, really, just needs a little revamp, a little bit of rejuvenation in the squad. And... It's got to. After, you know, it'll be 18 months since their last signing by the time the summer rolls around. They need to find the money from somewhere. I know it's. I know the stadium's absolutely spiralled cost-wise over like a billion pounds. I think Brexit's played its part in yeah. that, the club claim, but they've got to find some money from somewhere. It's too, too many, uh, I mean, Kane said it himself, too many good players type to not have won anything. Yeah, I totally agree. But he's too good a manager not to win anything as well, yeah. Pochettino. You know, the good news is it looks like he he should be staying at Tottenham. Though I know we've had the United appointing Solskjaer today as we speak. Real Madrid have have sorted Zidane coming back there. You know, it's that a big boost and just how vital is it that Pochettino will be remaining there? Oh, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. I know fans sometimes get annoyed with little niggly things like substitutions and sometimes the players he picks, but ultimately. Everything that's kind of gone right about Spurs in the last, you know, since 2014, we walked in the door. It's all down to to Pochettino. Levy has worked on the infrastructure, you know, the stadium and the training ground and everything. But everything that's been happening, um, kind of in the midst of all of that, in the middle has been Pochettino. He's had to essentially keep this kind of ship sailing onwards without much funding, without really too much help from above as they kind of focus on these core projects. And yeah, I mean, he, he, even like tiny little things like he was involved in helping design the player areas in the stadium. Um, he's so intrinsic to Tottenham right now. You do wonder how kind of what direction they'd actually go in if, if Pochettino were to leave. He's been so crucial in keeping that kind of players, that tight knit group of players together as well. It's massive that it's looking likely that he will be there next season. Another crucial part of the Tottenham makeup is Harry Kane. It just seems like he's picked up from where he left off after that uh, coming back from injury. I know you sent a tweet this week just how good a footballer he was. He was underlined again with his performances for England. He just seems to be going from strength to strength. He is. He's just such an all-round player. I think that's the thing. Yeah, my tweet was more about the fact that he scores every game. You kind of, almost every game, you expect that. But what you don't expect is actually, for Spurs, maybe England, he's probably one of the best passers of the ball in the side as well. He just seems to be able to be a real, he's like, he's a playmaker, but you, I think it was Johan Vertonghen said, he's a great playmaker, but you don't want him there. You want him in the box. In the box, box yeah. And, yeah. And he's, He's a remarkable player. It's been really weird in recent weeks. He's come back and actually the likes of Son and Ericsson have probably kind of retreated into the shadows a little bit, whereas Kane's continued. He's just come back and, and kept on scoring. I think it's he's scored in seven of the eight games since he's come back. But he, he is. He's, he's, I mean, he's picking up his MVE today. We were just saying to one of my colleagues, what, what kind of a, what a journey that guy has had. Mm-hmm. This guy that was out on loan at the likes of uh, Orient and Leicester and places like that, and, and then suddenly just got a chance at Spurs. No, no one really thought he was going to be that great. But actually, it's just hard work. It just shows you what hard work can do and kind of work on your abilities. And he is, 
arguably probably the best out-and-out striker in, in world football, maybe, at the moment. I totally agree with you there. I love Aguero, but I think Kane's the the one for me. Do, do you think on Sunday we're seeing the, maybe the best striker versus the best defender then in Virgil van Dijk? Van Dijk has just absolutely kind of progressed and progressed. I mean, he was already a very good player, but he's become so dominant now at Liverpool. It's almost, um, you kind of almost worry, maybe in a Kane kind of style way, is he so dominant now for Liverpool? You do worry what would happen if they actually lost him. Mm -hmm. He's become such a massive player for them. Um, Yeah, that'll be a great matchup. I mean, I remember, I think he left in, I remember Kane leaving Van Dijk on his backside, I think, when Spurs played Southampton couple of seasons about this is a very different Virgil van Dijk now this is a guy that clearly feels the confidence and the trust of everyone around him and that's going to be a great matchup two powerful players as well really going up against each other yeah, there'll be Liverpool fans. Hopefully, Van Dijk comes out on top then, but probably wanting Kane to come out on top when they play Man City in the Champions League, but certainly in the Premier League uh, next month. Three games in the space, I think ten days. Is the is the confidence Spurs can can do some to, some damage to City in those matches? Um, do you know what? I, I would have said beforehand, probably not. But now, again, the stadium does play its part. It's suddenly this kind of almost like a 12th man kind of thing. Um, having that stadium there for the first leg of the Champions League suddenly really kind of opens that up slightly a bit. Uh, in terms of league, obviously far more difficult because the game's away from home and Spurs just seem to have a bit of a, not a phobia of the Etihad, but they yeah. <laughs> just seem to struggle there. Um, it's a bit like Anfield to be fair I mean Spurs maybe had a little bit more luck at Anfield with grabbing a point here and there but in terms of the Etihad yeah that's going to be a tough place to go in league wise so they're probably not going to be able to deliver too many favours in that respect is Spurs prioritising the Champions League now? They're so close, you know, two two ties away from a potential final. Or can they afford to do that, you know, with the, the league position as it is? Yeah, I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I think had they had third sewn up and there was a good maybe 10 points in it, unfortunately now it's just not the case. They're going to have to fight on all fronts. I mean, they've got an almost fully fit squad. So at least they have that. He can, he can probably rotate slightly for the games coming up. And the home games aren't too bad. Um, it's just these two killer away games, really, Liverpool and City. Um, I think he's going to have to go for it on all fronts. They cannot afford to be in that new stadium next season without Champions League, really. Very interesting. So how do you think Sunday will be? Uh, will go then? It's going to be. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, you've got two really great front threes, haven't you? I mean, you, you've obviously uh, Manny Firmino and Salah, but you've also got. Um, Kane, uh, Son, and Ali at the other end as well. It's 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 really going to be which defence is the one that uh, that kind of comes out on top. I'm intrigued to see whether Pochettino goes with a back three or not. He's kind of dallied with it sometimes this season, and sometimes he's switched away. I do wonder whether he might go man for man at the back because, as I say, there's something about Anfield and Spurs, and they they struggle to kind of contain the energy that Liverpool have. Um, it's going to be such a high high octane match and. Uh, be an absolute cracker to be honest Agreed Do you think Spurs need to win a game like this because this sounds highly critical considering you know it's 18 months since he signed a player but almost to kind of rid that reputation and go oh Tottenham will slip at the final hurdle did he have to go to an Etihad or a Liverpool and get kind of like that statement victory yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, they've managed to turn it, turn it around at various places. Obviously, they won at Stamford Bridge last year for the first time in a long time. But yeah, to go to an Anfield, I think, especially right in the middle of the, the title race as well, it would send out a really strong message. And I think 
do that and they probably would then assure themselves of going on and finishing and probably the top three. It probably would be the, the kind of the confidence boost they need. But yeah, in terms of making a statement, they just um, maybe against the big sides this season haven't quite turned up as they had probably last, last season. They played pretty well against all the big six. I think I'm just trying to remember. Liverpool, I think they lost. Uh, oh no, it was 2-2, wasn't it? It was 2-2, yeah. yeah. Of course it was, yeah. Wanyama's rocket, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, it would be the statement they kind of need this season, I think. They just just haven't quite impressed in those massive matches. Just a final question, probably the most important question. Just how good are those magic bear taps in the new ground? They look absolutely sensational. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have in the press area, but we did get a sneak peek when we had a little walk round and they are, yeah, it's very cool. It's very clever. Apparently, they're out in all the NFL stadiums in America. It's the kind of the the in thing. Um, it's it's very cool. Literally, it cuts off right at the top as well, just as it's about to finish, and you just walk away. Ten thousand points. I think it's AR they can serve or something. Oh, it's, it's incredible, incredible. It's uh, it's very clever, and and it's not that expensive for London prices. Yeah, four quid, is, isn't it? Four pound yeah, pounds. That's pretty yeah. good, isn't it? It is, so I do wonder whether the local pubs aren't going to be too happy with that, because I think a lot of people are going to be sticking around after games as well. Definitely. Alistair, thanks very much, mate. Enjoy the Legends game Saturday and up to Anfield on Sunday. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.